Welcome to the Phoenix Nest, the podcast where bad bitches read romance. I'm Jess. And I'm Kat. And today we'll be discussing The Hating Game by Sally Thorne. But before we get started, we'd like to remind you to rate and subscribe on your preferred podcast app so others can find us. And we'd also like to remind you that you can find us on Instagram at the PHX Nest Pod and on Twitter at PHX Pod. You'll find those links as well as the link to our blog and email address in the show notes. Now, to the book. Um, This was chosen because November was my birthday month, and now we're releasing this late because life is hard. (laughs) Sometimes. Sometimes. Not always. Not always, but uh, it was particularly difficult the last couple weeks, so uh, we had some problems getting the last episode out. But uh, this is one of my favorite tropes, and so I had to pick it. Cat and I haven't really talked about it. No, what? we've been so busy <laughs> and trying to like uh, figure out what we're doing for the next three weeks that we haven't talked about the actual content of any books. Just, no. Did you like it? Did you like this part? And that's kind of it. Well, we have. When I say we have been busy, it's it's been fucking bananas and busy in weird ways. Like mine is. I'm displaced currently. My apartment flooded. I still don't have a home right now. And yours is, you're literally about to move a family member. Yeah. So it's just been crazy. It's been bananas. Yeah. But we're still getting the books read. We're still getting things done. It's just, you know. Timing. Yeah. Timing is everything. And right now it's nothing, unfortunately. It's not. Um, So this was chosen by me for my birthday month because, like I said, it's one of my favorite tropes. Um. Enemies to Lovers just Mm -hmm. does it for me. I don't know why. I don't know how. It's just the tension. And then they're like, hey, but I really love you. And I'm like, but you hate each other. Tell me more. Yeah. I love it. I think it's great. Um, How did you feel about Enemies to Lovers as a general? Like, as a general trope, I think it's kind of fun. I don't want it to happen to me personally. (laughs) Because I feel like I would be such a huge bitch. That it would not work out the way a rom-com would or should. Oh, it would be and like I a dramatic. Like classic rom-com instead. Um, but yeah, I think it's good that you like this because there are a couple of the books that we're doing next are Enemies to Lovers mm-hmm. in like a lighter version, like a lighter sense. Yeah, they're they're a little lighter in that um, in that sense. So let's go ahead. I'm going to have Kat read the synopsis of the book. Nemesis, noun. One, an opponent or rival whom a person cannot best or overcome. Two, a person's undoing. Three, Joshua Templeman. Lucy Hutton and Joshua Templeman hate each other. Not dislike, not begrudgingly tolerate, hate. And they have no problem displaying their feelings through a series of ritualistic passive-aggressive maneuvers as they sit across from each other, executive assistants to co-CEOs of a publishing company. Lucy can't understand Joshua's joyless, uptight, and meticulous approach to his job. Joshua is clearly baffled by Lucy's overly bright clothes, quirkiness, and Pollyanna attitude. Now that they're up for the same p- promotion, their battle of wills has come to a head and Lucy refuses to back down when their latest game could cost her her dream job. But the tension between Lucy and Joshua has also reached its boiling point and Lucy is discovering that maybe she doesn't hate Joshua and maybe he doesn't hate her either. Or maybe this is just another game. How did you feel going into this before you even started it? Um, so I did not read the back blurb, which is weird because I normally do, but I I kind of knew what was going to happen because you've mentioned this to me before, The Hating Game. I have talked about it really too much. 
really wanted me to read it. And so maybe that's why I didn't bother to read that. <laughs> I was like, eh, Jessica likes it, so I'll probably, you know, read through it. I just, I felt like, I totally understand because everyone has just people you don't get along with. Mm-hmm. And so when you're introduced to Lucy at the beginning, you can see, I guess, why she doesn't like Josh. And also why he seems to not like her. Because they're very oppositional just in their attitudes about things. Yeah. And if you've ever met someone who does things that you feel are just done in the wrong way, like stupid things though, like cleaning their room and organizing it in the way that you don't like, yeah. and you're like, oh, that drives me crazy. Why would you put that one thing there when it yeah. should go over here with the other things or like it? why would you do this if it would logically make sense to do this first? Like, yeah. I totally understand. So I understood why they don't get along because there's just certain things that drive people crazy. It's like the thing where people, um, I don't do this. I promise I don't. But where <laughs> people um, get upset for toilet paper the wrong way and they'll flip it for you. Okay. When they go to the bathroom at your house. Like, that's weird. It's not your toilet paper. You just have to deal with the fact that it's under and not over. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, I understand why it should be over. Because it does make more sense. Because then it doesn't unroll down, like, so easily. Yeah. But also, maybe they just don't care. And, like, maybe they don't even notice if you switch it. I don't know. Well, if you come to my house. I would house, probably notice because it bothers me when yeah. I do it wrong. Well, if you come to my house, you know that the toilet paper isn't over under, under it's on the counter, because <laughs> I don't have a toilet paper holder thingy. Yeah, your bathroom's weird. Yeah. But, like, that's probably is. okay. I live in a weird apartment. I live on a storage facility, so it's just going to be weird no matter what. Yeah. Um, so, once you got into the book, how did you start to feel? I started out really, really liking it. Like, the first half, I was super into it. I understood her quirkiness and mm-hmm. her slight obsession with, like, weird made-up games, because I have a lot of experience with that. Not personally, well, not on purpose, personally, but, like, <laughs> my cousins always had, like, weird made-up games that they would play, and, like, we, it was, like, a secret that we were playing a game, and we would never know, and then they'd be like, we win, and we'd be like, what are you winning? Like, like why? Why are we winning? What yeah, are we doing? Yeah, it was really yeah. strange growing up sometimes. <laughs> um... Yeah, one of the ones that they used to play was, uh, could they drink their whole glass of water before the waiter refilled it? What the fuck? And, like, I didn't understand that that was a game, and so I didn't know why they're, like, covering their glasses when the waiter would come by. I was like, that's weird. But it's, like, stuff that I just, I'm not tuned into, but they're clearly having a great time. Like, whatever. Well, and the weird thing about their games, too, is that... Lucy knows all of them, and she doesn't say any of them out loud until later on in the book. Mm-hmm. But then we find out that Josh is also playing kind of a similar game, but he's playing in a different way. Yeah. Because we find some things out at the end of the book. But this book, I first read it in last year, I think? 2018? Oh, God. Now I'm questioning myself because Uh-oh. I can't remember. I know I read it twice, so I'm pretty sure it was last year. Uh I read it. I thought it was cute. I really liked it the first time I read it. It was great. And then I listened to the audiobook because that's what I do. And the audiobook was kind of weird, but that's not on the author in any way, shape, or form. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Mostly because when you read an audio or listen to an audiobook, it's really, really edited. Like you can't hear anything. But for some reason in this audiobook, you can hear the narrator like smacking oh, their mouth weird. and it's really fucking gross. And now I feel terrible that I did that on the microphone. Cause now it has to 
say there are some people that you're talking exactly, about. Exactly, and I have Ooh. to listen back to it. Ew. Um, yes, I read it for the first time last year, and okay. I really liked it. I thought it was fun. It was quirky. It is very much a rom-com. Oh, yeah. And it's one of the rom-coms that has an illustrated cover that actually makes sense. Because, you know, sometimes you read those and you're like, there's nothing. Like, this tells me nothing. (laughs) Like, why would this be illustrated? This makes no sense. Um, So I really enjoyed it. I liked that she and Josh kind of don't like each other. You don't think they like each other. Right. Um, So a little bit about the synopsis. They work in a publishing house. Mm -hmm. A newly merged company. Yes. Which has to be difficult. Like, can you imagine merging companies? It's just hard, I think, when you know that people that you know are let go. Yeah. And you feel like it's unfair. Like, because your friendship isn't necessarily based on their work merit. Mm-hmm. But during a merger, it would have to be. Like, you, they wouldn't keep people on that didn't do their job. And so I understand that. But the reason she hates, or part of the reason she hates him so much, is because he was essentially key in who stayed and who went. He was ruthless, is what she says. Yeah. And so that would be really hard to feel like this person got rid of all of your friends from your old company. Yeah. So I could understand that. Yeah. So uh, they both work as essentially the assistants to the head. Heads, I should say. Because when they merged companies, it did not go as one at the top. It went two at the top, one from each side. Which is also strange. Like, co-CEO sounds like a good idea, but also like a terrible idea. Well, especially when you think about the publishing houses that they worked for. Like, the one that Josh works for is... Like, super stiff. Yeah. And they put out just shitty, horrible books that nobody really cares about. And, right. like, technical books kind of a thing. And then you have the one that Lucy works for. And they're all a bunch of, like, hippies. And they're really colorful. And they, they have a lot of fun. And they like to do, like, feminist works and things like that. Yeah. And now you're merging these two companies. And you've got someone at the top who's, like, a hippie. And someone at the top who is very straight-laced. We only do things black and white. And that's it. Yeah. So I guess that, that makes it a little more difficult. To merge the two companies. Oh, definitely. Um, there were a lot of aspects about it that I liked, but there were some that I didn't like. And I wonder if some of those are the same things. <laughs> we're going to find out. Um, so what do we want to talk about first? We have a list going. Yeah. And we already kind of talked about at least one of these things, which is great. Yeah. The tropes. Yeah. Oh, enemies to lovers, man. Just fucking does it for me every time. Let's talk about the weird games that they play. Okay, this is something that I liked in the beginning and didn't like in the ending. Because when you're first meeting Lucy, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, okay, she's got like this idea to get her through her day, which I totally understand. Yeah. Because when you're in a pattern of something, it can be really, really boring, especially if you're stuck with someone you don't like. Oh, my job. <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I appreciated, like, the, the fun things that she did to keep herself going throughout the day. Yeah. Even though she didn't want to be there sitting across from Josh and, like, having Miss Tara him all day long, right? Yeah. Um, but towards the end, I thought the games were weird. They got weirdly they obsessive. Yeah, and they didn't, like, seamlessly get on the same page, which yeah. I thought would happen because usually when, in a book, you're going from people who don't understand each other to people who totally understand each other, like, she shouldn't have had a need for those yeah. games anymore. The end of this book, I'm going to be really honest, she had some things about her that very much remind me of, um, what was her name? Helen Wang. 
Stella. Stella, thank you. That would, I would say, would classify as on the spectrum at the end. Yeah. Did you ever get, like, and that's totally fine, because we read the neurodivergent stuff, and we liked it. We had a good time with it, and we talked about it a lot. But a, a lot of her obsessiveness... Like, there's that, there's a weird scene where she's running a toy car over her face and stuff. Yeah. And that's a very weird, quirky thing to put in there. And then the not being able to let go of the obsessive games yeah. at the end was weird, too. Yeah. Um, because it wasn't just, like, she didn't feel good about herself at the end. That's why she felt like she couldn't trust him or whatever. But it was, like, this need to to use that as the way to talk to him. Which is very strange, especially when you're towards the end of and the story. Adults. Yeah, they're both adults. And, like, they had had good communication up until that point. Yeah. And that was also very strange to me. I can see where you're coming from, and I understand where you're coming from, because it is really weird. Like, now that I think back on it, I want to first off point out, I did not reread this book. <laughs> oh, no. Life, like I said, has been insane. So I didn't reread it. But I do remember a lot of it, so I don't have to really worry about that. But there were points when it came to the end, when Josh and Lucy are kind of discussing how they feel about each other, that just felt weird. They felt a little stilted because of the way they were saying them. And it was more that Josh was unafraid at that point, but Lucy felt too many feelings all at once. Yeah. And she didn't know how to cope with all those feelings. Which I totally understand, because we've talked about that before. That feelings are hard. things that I am not good about. And so I understand, like, where she's coming from with that. It was just... The execution of it? I think so. And I also think, because she had been so on board to have sex with Josh. Yeah. That she was very single-minded about it, which I feel like would have been a turn-off, because he was so clearly, like, in love with her at that point. Yeah. That it would have been such a huge turnoff if that's all she was talking about and, like, all this stuff. But also, if you've had sex with someone that you've known for years and you've recently discovered that you're basically best friends, not enemies. Yeah. you think that their communication would be a little bit smoother. Did it feel weird to you to have a role reversal in that? In that she was more into having sex with him than he was? I don't know. I don't think it was that he was into it. I think it was because she... And uh, Josh had been, like, just this one time or whatever, and then nothing passed that. And I think it was because they had that deal. Okay. And she was just so willing to just get it over with, whereas he was, like, wanting to make her have, like, actual feelings. Yeah. Because he had actual feelings. So it was a little bit different, but I can understand where their two perspectives were coming from. Okay. And I think because she was so nervous that he would be disappointed. Yeah. Because she, it kept coming out that she felt like she wasn't enough. And a lot of that related to her, like, her size. Yeah. Which I thought was strange, too. And, like, she hid that she came from, like, a farm background. Her background is so cute, though. Oh, yeah. I you think totally about it. like that part. I, I feel like that, I feel like the games themselves that they were playing, they were similar games, but they were playing from different perspectives. Mm-hmm. Her perspective of her game games were, I don't like him. So I'm going to play these games. How many times does he annoy me a day? How many times does he say things he shouldn't say? Am I going to get to run to HR today? Whereas his games were, these are the, all the times that Lucy did something really adorable. 
that made my heart swell. And I'm going to put them down in my, my day planner in yeah. pencil and then erase it. So it's just a faint little line where she's got like a whole file on her computer on him where she's just like, Which is Josh is annoying. So I could not even imagine. Like, I just leave my weird things about my coworkers in a text message to you usually. <laughs> where I'm like, I'll refer back to that. I haven't yeah. deleted that conversation in years. Yeah. So we'll like, go no back. Worries. We can just hit search on iP- iPhones. It's just a lot, I think. So I think that was part of, you know, those little games started out cute for me. Mm-hmm. And I thought, okay, this is fine. And then that turning point comes after the paintball competition where she gets really, really sick. Yeah. Because they're trying, well, okay, so he, she thinks he stole her idea for team building, but he actually just presented a better idea for team building, and that was when that was chosen. And um, so she's, like, kind of mad at him, and she's also fake dating this other coworker, which is really weird, because he doesn't seem awful. No. But he seems wrong for her. Like, right from the beginning, which is fine. Um... Well, and she does it mostly to spite him, to spite Josh. Oh my gosh, which is so annoying too, because she lies to him, and then he calls her bluff. Uh huh. And then she continues to date this nice guy because she feels like she can't tell him no. But which he's is also weird. He's wrong for her. Yeah, and you can tell he's wrong and for her. And she knows. Oh, she he's knows. And Josh knew from the moment that he met him. He's Ugh. like, "This is not who Lucy should it was be just with." A very frustrating middle of the book. Yes, it was. But anyways, so they go paintballing. Yep. And she, like, I didn't understand that she was getting sick at first. Like, I thought she was just, like, exhausted and tired and yeah. stuff. Yeah. So she's, she's, like, legitimately getting sick. It's because she's little and she's running around and she's trying to, like... She's got all the gear on. Yeah, and it stuff's know, heavy and... Sweaty and all this stuff. Yeah. So you're like, oh, well, she feels like shit. Yeah. Like, it's a long day. But then she ends up being, like, actually sick. She's got, like, the flu. Like, hardcore flu. It sounds awful. Like, out for days and delirious flu. I have had the flu like that, and it sucks. I haven't had that in, like, years. Knock on wood, I don't get it again this year. Two years ago. Just, oh gosh, just no. Almost three years ago. Two, almost three years ago. Mm -hmm. It was awful. Mm -hmm. I called out of work two days in a row, and then they were like, you're going to need a note. And I was like, fuck you, I'm dying. It was. like, do you want to come over and see what's going on? Oh, yeah. It was horrible. But that you are right. When she does get sick, that is the turning point. That's where she sees how much Josh actually cares for her. Yeah. And it's not that he hates her. But she also kind of feels feels like because he knows her so well mm-hmm. that he's only there to make sure she doesn't choke on her own vomit and die kind of a thing. Because she's not near her probably, parents. you know a good thing too like even if that was the only reason yeah um because even though she's not like incapable she also doesn't make great decisions she has very questionable judgment a lot of the time mm-hmm. and i feel like that could be an issue but um yeah. he likes her enough to call his kind of estranged brother yeah to come in the middle of the night and check on her yeah well she's not something you would do for someone that you didn't really care about like he yeah. could have easily just been like Okay, you're in your apartment. Bye. Bye. Here's some water. Like, <laughs> here's some Advil for cool. later if you need it. You know, and and that's not what happened at all. No, and this kind of leads into the family expectations. Yeah, this is we're talking about Josh's estranged brother that he doesn't really talk about. His brother is a doctor. His parents are surgeons. Yeah, they wanted Josh to also be a doctor of some kind. Yeah. 
and he kind of gave him the middle finger and decided he was going to go work with books. But I think the problem was that he attempted. He did. Too, because his brother is like the golden child. He's always nice, which is why Josh is like, I'm never nice. You know, he yeah. has like a sassy attitude about it. And so he does his, his like, what, first year or something, and he gets into pre-med, and his dad doesn't care. No. His dad doesn't show up for his, his like, congratulations, graduation party thing. Um, his dad just, like, doesn't show up for things. And he it's because he has, like, such high expectations. Like, it's cool you got in, but you should have been top of your class. It's, kind of. It's cool you got in, but your brother did it better. Yeah, or he did it faster, or he, whatever it was. Yeah. And so he decides to, like, you know what? Screw you, I'm going to do what I want to do. And so he goes into the publishing business, and he loves it. Yeah. He absolutely loves it. I mean, I would, too. Oh my gosh, getting to edit new books would be so much fun. I edit right now. Until you just, like, get something awful that you need to tell the planet. Then that would suck, but you get paid to read all day and tell people that their grammar is wrong. See, I would be okay with that. I just want to be able to tell people, here's why you did this wrong. Yeah. It's my favorite. It Um, is my favorite, though. That's the really bad part. That's so terrible. Um. So, anyways, his dad is awful and icy toward him Mm -hmm. the entire time, even after you know he's been told to fuck off by Lucy. Because the whole (sighs) premise is, um, she's told Josh like, "All right, we'll have sex, but just this one time." And he's like, "Well, I need a favor from you. I need you to be my date to this wedding, and it's his brother's wedding." And his brother is marrying his ex-girlfriend. Oh, who's it's like so this, weird. This perfect, tall, really blonde doctor lady. But it, it also goes back to that person wasn't right for Josh. And he's like aware of that. And he knew he was not a good boyfriend, but he's kind of taken it to the extreme of being like, I'm not good as anybody's boyfriend. Yeah. Which is a really hugely negative reaction of like, I'm the worst. That is an alpha male situation where yeah. they'll come at you and say, I'm a horrible person. I'm not right for you. I'll never be right for you. I don't deserve you. You don't, you deserve so much more than I could ever give it's you. So weird. It is, it is a little bit weird, but there's this weird thing about women and alpha men. I don't know why. There's just something that women really enjoy about men who will tell them to fuck off. I think if you tell me that, you don't want to talk to me. So I'm like, all right, bye. Bye. <laughs> Sorry I was in your way a little bit. I'm just going to go stand over here now. This didn't work. Okay. Hope you um, have a good life. So when Lucy finds that out, she has like a meltdown, which seems like really selfish and unfair in the book to me. That she had a meltdown but on she, his behalf? The way No, the way that she had a meltdown when she found out who the brother was marrying and that, like, Josh lied to her and all this stuff. See, but that's the thing. She was having a hard enough time on her own trying to realize that the other guy was just not right for her. Yeah. But she's not she, She's not going to be able to see that this woman wasn't right for Josh. That they right. weren't supposed to be together. That it yeah. was supposed to be this woman and his brother. And that's, like, totally fine. I don't ever understand the whole siblings taking other siblings girlfriends, boyfriends, love interest thing. I think that weirds me out a lot. Yeah. Because that woman had sex with brothers at different times, but it's like a weird boundary you just don't fucking cross. And I don't, like, in talking to people that have had this experience... Oh my god, you know people? Do I know people? <gasps> and they just kind of I are like... People. 
you know, it's whatever. But I'm like, but is it whatever? Because that would freak me out a whole lot. I'm gonna, we have to have a conversation after this. <laughs> yeah, no, it would just, it would freak me out a whole lot. Or even, like, friend-wise. Yeah, no. Like, that's a no. Like. You don't date within your friend group, and you don't date people that other people in your friend group have dated. It's just a no-no. But we have rules. Well, and, but then you also have that problem of, but what if there's, like, something real that could be a possibility? You have to, like, suck it up and just hope for the best for that person. Yeah. And well, so that's, like, a weird balance, and I think that's the struggle that Josh was having. Because, yeah, it feels really messed up, but does this person make his brother a better person? True. Do they make each other happy, and is that more important than me being an asshole and being stubborn? Like, yeah. you know? Yeah. It, so it's just it's just a fine line, I think, between creepy and, like, accepting. Yeah. Because it's, like, had they met in other circumstances... It wouldn't be a big deal. But because I dated you first, it's creepy. It is creepy. I still think it's a little creepy. But, but I'm also trying to understand the other side of it. Okay, yeah. I, I can see where you're coming from. I mean, it would be creepy and for us. And you should be upset. Yeah. Like, I totally think that's valid because I would be upset. You're allowed to have feelings. You're yeah. allowed to have those feelings. And they are hard, but you have to go through them. So we have the perspective of Josh's you know, parental expectations. Yeah. Now, let's flip that over to Lucy's. Oh, my God. Her pants are like, the sun comes out of your asshole. (laughs) We love you so much, darling. In the big city. (laughs) Yeah. Well, that's because they run a strawberry farm. Okay, but this is going to sound really weird, but it reminds me of Zootopia. (laughs) Wait, I didn't get that at all. (laughs) (laughs) How does that remind you of Zootopia? Okay, because it's a little bunny going oh, to the big city. Judy and, Hops. Yeah, and like she's way too sunshiny about her whole job, even though it sucks. Okay. She doesn't make a lot of money, and okay. she eats a single heat-up carrot by herself at night. <laughs> and she has, you know, her parents back on the farm, and they're like, you're so cool, and like, you're so important, and you're going to be a police officer. And so and so basically <laughs> you're telling me that Lucy Hutton is Judy Hopps, yeah. but instead of going home and eating a single carrot, she goes home and collects Smurf figurines? Okay, that's a weird thing. We didn't even touch on that yet. But yeah, essentially, okay, she's Judy. <laughs> I can see that now, and I now can't I unsee it. it. I can't unsee it. I'm not sorry. Um, so... <laughs> Oh my god. So she, her parents run a strawberry farm. Which is adorable. Called Sky Diamond Strawberries. She is Lucy in the sky with diamonds and strawberry fields forever. Yeah. Do you realize how many times I listened to those two songs on a loop while I was reading it the first time? Of course. Because I couldn't get them out of my head. But, like, okay, so her dad never thought he was good enough for her mom. Mm -hmm. Her mom was, like, a newspaper columnist. Mm -hmm. And now she spends all of her free time trying to breed strawberries to make them bigger, sweeter, whatever. And so they have all these different kinds. And she runs the blog. Yep. And she updates it constantly. And Josh follows it, which was precious. And she was like, you're just doing this to get back at me. I was like, no, it's so precious. Like, he, he's, he's learning. Like, he's interested. Well, it's like he's showing interest in her family. And I think that a lot of that is, is he comes from kind of a toxic home where... And he wants something wholesome. And she has something wholesome. But she tries to hide it. 
She does. Yeah. Because she thinks it's embarrassing that her parents are strawberry farmers and her mom blogs about it. Why? It's not it's the most adorable job your parent could ever have. My mom works in an office. I can't be like, this is my mom. She writes about her office job. It's so much fun. <laughs> but, like, if my parents were, like, strawberry farmers, be like, hey, look, my parents are strawberry farmers. How fucking cool is that? I guess also maybe because you grew up in a small town. Yeah. I grew up in a place where it feels like a small town. And so maybe if you grow up in a big city around other people who have a lot of money, maybe that does feel shameful for some reason. Or if you're around people whose background is money. Like, yeah. coming from, from, like, a family where everyone's doctors would make her maybe feel uncomfortable. I and don't then, know. And then she realizes my parents breed strawberries and blog about it. I mean, I'm, like, trying to think of all of our friends' parents' like jobs. We have a lot of like, nurses, military. Yeah. At one point, a mailman. Did we? Yeah. Huh. I'm learning a lot about my friends, apparently. God, pay attention. I clearly don't. Um, yeah, we just have a very wide range, so maybe it's like a big city thing? I don't but know. She comes from the strawberry field, and now she lives in the big city, and people are like, what do your parents do? And they're like, my parents are doctors. And she's like, I do the strawberry field. And she doesn't want to talk about it. Maybe. I don't know. That's interesting. That's an interesting take, though. Because I can see where that's that where you're coming from with that. It's just, it's kind of weird, because I've never thought to be ashamed of my parents' chosen professions in any capacity, and so meeting people who are ashamed of it is, interesting. is very interesting. Well, and I wouldn't be ashamed of farming because I grew up in a farming community. That's what it was. My dad went to school to be an agriculture teacher. Yeah, so I mean, it's just, I don't know, there are very few jobs where you should feel ashamed of yourself. And that would be, like, limited to things that are illegal as jobs, I think. Like, drug dealers. <laughs> My father is Colombian, and he's a drug lord. Like, yeah. that would be shameful. Like, that would be something where, like... You keep yeah. that under wraps. You'd be like, My we dad's an accountant. Share. We don't share. Yeah, no, that would be really weird. But I felt that the, the parallel between the two families. You can kind of see why Josh is the way he is. And you can't blame him. No, you the can't. The high pressure, never being good enough thing is really difficult at any age to deal with. That's scary. And it's just, like, you can't really grow out of that without addressing it. And no. so, totally get it for him. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty rough. Um, So, let's talk about... Where are we even on this list? We're skipping around this we list. We did the one, two, three, four... We've done five of them? Oh, right? hey, yeah, that is right. Are we on our very last one? We are. <gasps> Height differences. Dang. We went we fast today. You know what, though? We've been recording for half an hour. Oh, well, that makes sense then. It doesn't feel like it. I feel like we just sat down. I don't know what's happening to us. Good conversation. That's what's <laughs> happening to us. We're just lucky we both remember enough of this book after it's been so long. Good lord, it's been a while. Uh, okay, so the very last thing we want to talk about, which seems silly, but is also important because a lot of these books do this. This is another trope. Um, Is a, like a severe almost height difference between the male and female characters, or like the alpha character being larger being... and more imposing than the... The heroine. Yeah. And I mean, that's totally fine because I get, like, that's kind of a thing that's in romance. Yeah. Is, like, the dude is always, like, big and powerful and dark and handsome, like, whatever. 
But <laughs> for some reason in this book, the height difference and the attention drawn to it was so weird to me. Because she's five feet tall. Uh-huh. She's got red hair. That's mm-hmm. why they call it strawberry shortcake. Yep. And she's just this small person. Yes. Totally fine. Whatever. But that's all they almost ever say about her. Other than when she has, like, her boobs pushed up and her dress messed up. Yes. But that's the only thing that's said. Yes. And then he... Oh, God. He's six foot huge. <laughs> According <laughs> to you. to my earlier discussion. Um, and I know she says at one point how tall he is. I think she said something like 6'4", like above 6'4". Something like that. Which is like basketball player. Like, that's the short end of basketball players. That's huge. That is six foot huge. I'll give you that. Like, remember when I sent you this picture on Instagram? I was like, this dude's 6'7". This dude's 7'2". You're like, what the hell? Can we talk about, though, do you remember that time we went to Total Wine? Oh. We were walking around. (laughs) First off, let's talk about Kat. How tall are you? I'm 5'2", and I don't add the half inch there because I'm sure I'm actually short. (laughs) (laughs) So, Kat is 5'2". Yeah. We're walking through Total Wine. And this, oh, my God. I forgot about this. This man was like if you took two of Kat's height he, and he just is, stacked her on top of her. over seven feet. He was so tall. Yeah. And we made her stand behind him while he was looking at a piece of, like, a gla- bottle of wine. And we're like, hurry, 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 hurry. And we took pictures. Whatever happened to those pictures? I think I have one somewhere. I don't remember. I'll have to look. That was with me, you, and AJ, right? Yes. That was a long that time was ago. That was so long ago. But I will never forget oh, because God. when they talk about the height difference between Lucy and Josh, the first thing I thought about was that photo that we made you take. <laughs> I'm like behind him. I think I'm like... You have your thumbs up? Something? I don't know. Um, but yeah, like even our male friends are all around six feet tall, maybe yep. a little taller. Mm-hmm. Which I, I know that like national average is like five ten or something for dudes, which is fine. But I feel as though all my life my male friends have been six feet tall. Do we do that on purpose? I mean, your students just asked you how you live alone because you're (laughs) short. And I have always said I need to marry a tall man to give my kids a shot. Yeah, you have. Because, God, just if I marry another shorty, (laughs) we're screwed. It's gonna be a bad time. You're gonna have little tiny children. Or you're going to have freakishly tall children. Oh, God, can you imagine? My kids will be taller. Like, my daughter is almost taller than I am. She's definitely taller than me now. (laughs) Like, it's weird. Um, She is. Anyways, so, how do we say this? The attention that was drawn to her height was in some ways unnecessary. Mm Mm-hmm. And in some ways made her a lot more childlike than maybe she was meant to be. Which I think is why some of the things that she did or said threw me off a little bit. Because of that? Because... Yeah, because normally when you draw attention to someone's height, like, it's not really a big deal. Like, I just tell you, like, there's literally nothing I can do about being taller. Yeah. I, I'm just not worried about it, right? I can't do anything that will change that. So I'm like, yeah, whatever, tease me, whatever. I don't yeah. care. <clears throat> Whereas for her, she felt like she needs to look more grown up. And this is like... A weird part of the story where she goes to work dressed in what she thinks is sexy clothes, and but they're I felt provocative. Like she crossed the line. They're not clothes that you wear at work. They're provocative. They've passed the point of yeah. sexy because you can do office sexy. Sure, like that's a whole thing on its own. Yeah, but she she crosses the line. Because I think what was it? It was um, she was wearing like a really low cut tight black dress and like 
boots, right? Like high-heeled, yeah. spike-heeled boots or something. Tall. And then fishnets. Can we also point out I just had this insane memory. Isn't the office made entirely of shiny surfaces? Yeah, and there's a there's a part where she's like, he can see up my skirt because it's so short. Yeah. And so she has to sit with her legs crossed the whole day or something. Honey. And I just feel <laughs> like this is very unnecessary. Like, I... I understand, because when you dress older, Mm -hmm. not older, more mature, and you look more mature, then you get treated differently. Like, I understand. When I go out with, like, no makeup on in my hair and braids, people treat me like I'm small and stupid. Yes. (laughs) Or like a baby. And I'm used to that, and I know that's what I'm going to get, and I get carded a lot. We've talked about, we've talked about how if you buy alcohol, everyone in the group gets carded. If If I go to a rated R movie, I get carded. Yeah. I'm 30. <laughs> but you like, are small. <laughs> and sometimes people think you are a child. Yeah. Which... And so I get it. I get dressing the part. Yes. But I felt like that was just so strange. Because there is no situation other than Halloween, which is also what we talked about, where I would dress essentially like a hooker. But at the same time, we have that discussion of at what point does your costume at Halloween cross a line? <laughs> Between sexy and slutty. Between sexy and slutty, and but... And is this a party where you want to be slutty, or is it a party where you want to be sexy? Exactly. Yeah. So, I just... It was one of those weird things where I could understand what she was doing. She wanted to be taken more seriously. She wanted to come off as more mature, I think, was the point, and kind of show off that she was hot enough to get a date on her own and like that kind of stuff. But your clothing doesn't necessarily have anything to do with that. No. That's your personality. Yeah. Personality. That's how you come off. Yeah. And it's not anything, um... I don't know. It's just one of those things where, like, I know if I go out and I wear my teacher clothes, mm-hmm. I'm usually treated more like an adult than if I go, like, right now I'm in, <laughs> like, yoga pants and a tank top because I'm hiking, and yes. I have very minimal makeup. If I had my hair, you know, in braids or whatever... I know that I'd be treated like I was a teenager. Yeah. And that's just how it is when you're short. And I feel like, I don't know if they were trying to imply that because of her background she didn't understand that, or if she was trying too hard in that moment, because she did say that she felt like she had made a mistake at one point. Yeah. It was just very strange to me. There is a line that you have to try not to cross when you're trying to be professional. And that's for everyone, not just short people. No, that is for <laughs> everyone. Yeah. You would not catch me dead in my office yeah. wearing something provocative. First off, you wouldn't catch me dead, period, end of say, story. That'd be weird if you had, like, a really low-cut polo. Wouldn't that be weird? But, you know, at the same time, like, I can wear pretty much whatever I want within boundaries, but I would also not choose anything that was too low-cut because I teach 13-year-olds. And I don't need any of that kind of weird, creepy 13-year-old boy attention. Oh, no. That would be so awkward. And so there are all kinds of lines. Yeah. But, yeah. So, I think we didn't want to just talk about how short she is and, like, how that contributes to the story. But also just, like, the dynamic between short and tall. You very, very rarely have tall heroines. Yeah. And if you do, they're considered Amazonian, which means they're, like, stacked. Or they have, like, an athletic build, or they are... They have some kind of background in a sport. Yeah. Or, you know, something like that. And that's totally fine. Yeah. Totally fine. But you never, ever, ever get the height difference between male and females like it is in this book reversed. Yeah, no. And, like, I don't care that he was tall. Tall's great. Whatever. Nothing Tall's wrong fine. with that. 
Six four. Sure. Yes, please. Mm-hmm. Why not? But just like the mention of it was so often that it was like we get it. She's short. She's short. We understand. We understand that she's fragile or doll-like or however you want to. You don't need to do that more than once. It is very weird to describe an adult woman as doll-like. I would never describe myself as doll-like. I would never describe you as doll-like. I'm also essentially thicker than I would assume Lucy Hutton is. Okay. Yes. Which is fine. You're thicker than a snicker, as the kids would say. And she is. (laughs) She is. Is not. And that's totally fine, too. But it's it's one of those things that when you describe someone as small and fragile, in your head you think very short, very thin. Yeah. And fragile. Yeah. And that's, I don't know that I'd want to be described as fragile. Like, I get treated like a child sometimes by our friends. I don't think they consciously do it. I think it's because they want to be big, strong men. And that's we, fine. We have some friends who like to be big, strong men. And we understand fine. it. When the, when the uh, situation calls for it, I'm totally fine with that. And I honestly don't think they know that they're doing it. Like, they're not aware. It's of, a subconscious thing for them. And they, I mean, they're doing it because they want to be helpful, which I think is <laughs> funny. But um, just the way that she's portrayed as very helpless outside of anything that's not work. Yeah. She couldn't handle the paintball situation. She couldn't handle herself while she was sick. She couldn't handle the stress of the wedding. She couldn't handle talking to the dad in a polite way until she, like, blew up at him. Yeah. She couldn't handle her own feelings. It was just, like, this series of she can't handle it, but Josh will. And he is the big, strong alpha male. Mm -hmm. He'll come in and save the day. And everything will be perfect and fine. I feel like I would have enjoyed this a little bit more if it was from his perspective. And usually I don't like books that bounce back and forth. Okay. But I feel like this book kind of would have benefited from it because the majority of the book is her hating him. Yes. Even when we think they're getting along, she still mentions how much she hates him. And how much she doesn't understand his motives. Yeah. And I think it's more frustrating because he does try to explain. Yeah. Not very well. No. But he tries. And he tries to explain, like, why this can't just be a one-time thing. Why this can't be... We're dating because we're in this competition to get the new position, like all this stuff. We didn't even talk about what that <laughs> even is about. That's what we skipped. What the fuck? Oh, and that's oh because we we combined so, the games. Okay, yeah. So the whole thing between these two is that there is a promotion on the line, and they're both up for this promotion. But and they it could ha- be external hires as well. Yeah, but they have this huge presentation that needs to be better than the other person's. Right. And they're, the two CEOs are getting real competitive, and they're competing for this thing. And Lucy is under the impression that Josh has an in somehow. So she tries to make hers better. And it comes down to, that's not the case. Yeah. Josh doesn't want the position. He wants her to have it because she deserves it. And he got another job elsewhere. Yeah, he, he says, like, right out, like, would you want me to quit if we were dating? And she's always like, I could never ask you to do that, and, you know, and all this stuff. And, like, you should never ask someone to quit their job for you unless there's a really good reason. Yeah. And so her being like, no, no, don't do that. This has to be fair and all this stuff is fine until we find out that he actually has an opportunity with a different company somewhere else where they'd, again, be competitors. But that's not to the very end. No, but at the same time, it's going to benefit him in a much better way than what his current job is benefiting him. Yeah, he'll be doing stuff that's not assistant stuff. Yeah, and his boss is kind of shitty. 
His, yeah, and then they imply that he's, like, on drugs or something at some point. really gross to Lucy. What does he, what does she call him? Oh, I don't even remember. Oh I want to look up, because it was something really horrifying. It was really gross. He just had this nasty way of looking at her, because she is small. he's creepy. Yeah. Mr. Bexley, what is his name? Fat Little Dick. Ew. I just <laughs> read a line that says, he must shop at Humpty Dumpty's Big and Small. <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's pretty funny. His first name is Richard, Fat Little Dick. He's just a nasty, gross person. He's what you wouldn't want your boss to be at all. Anyways, um, yeah, so it ends up that she didn't really need to be worried about that. <laughs> Uh, that competitive side because he was going to surprise her and quit anyways if she got it. And she yeah. said she would quit if he got it, you know, vice versa. And, yeah. Um, it's just... And I think that's okay. Like, yeah. If you're super competitive and you don't think you can work for someone, then you shouldn't make yourself. Um, but that whole competition was really difficult, I think, for both of them. Because while they're trying to explain their own romantic relationship... They also have this, like, horrible, chaotic work relationship happening. Yeah. And uh, that's just not something that's easy to balance. And I think that's why there are always those rules that not dating in the workplace and stuff. Do not date where you work. Don't fucking do it. It's a horrible idea. There are a lot of things that are horrible ideas. Especially, like, within the workplace. Yeah, no. Ugh. Not from my current profession, but from earlier ones. Yeah, just don't, don't do that. It's a bad decision. Or like, don't be friends with people. <laughs> Sorry, people. <laughs> I love like, that's fine too. Don't be friends with people. Period. End of story. That's that's where we're at. Don't <laughs> be friends with people. But like, not always. Because like, I feel like I have good work friends, mm-hmm. and I've had good work friends in the past, but um. Some of them just were not good choices to be friends with. No. And it's like, oh, dear God. Like, why? <laughs> but that's okay. Um, I'm trying to think what else let's, we need to do. We talked about her wardrobe choices. But let's talk about how... Oh, my God. His pattern of shirts. His shirts are patterned in the colors that he wears. They're not a pattern in the shirt. They're solid shirts. But there's a pattern in which the order in which he wears them. Which is, like, I guess fine. If you're someone who doesn't care a whole lot and you wear clothes because you have to when they have to look nice. Yeah. Then I understand. Like, I think that's why uniforms work so well for a lot of people. I wear a uniform. I still love that you wear the same uniform that we all have to wear at Target. Do you know how much it fucking sucks? Okay, I teach children that I have to wear Walmart slash Target. That's true. That's true. And it makes me laugh. Um, Those poor but it children. does eliminate a lot of the pressure of deciding what to wear and having to not only pick things that fit you correctly in multiple variations, but just, you know, having stuff ready. I don't think wearing black all the time is a great compromise for that. It's just, it's just a lot. It's I don't know. I try weird. to change it up a lot because I feel like my students get bored. Okay. And so I try to wear things that I think would be fun to go home and be like, well, guess what my teacher wore today? A cat dress. Like, yeah, of 
course I wear a cat. cat. I love I your cat dress, though. Your cat dress is cute. I wear a cardigan that has cats, and I call them a cardigan, and I tell the kids that, and they roll their eyes at me <laughs> so hard. That's amazing. I didn't know you called it that. It was a $2 purchase from Goodwill, like, a couple years ago. Perfect. I don't wear it all the time. But yeah, it's my cardigan, and there's like, oh my god, I'm like that no, is right? amazing. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> on this, on a scale of one to five, yeah, how many stars do you rate the Hating Game? I, I feel like I'm gonna have to go a three. Okay. Because I didn't hate it. I liked the trope. Mm-hmm. I essentially like the characters, aside from the weird ending. Weird obsessive. Where she, I just, the, I think it was the part of rolling the car over her face that went a little too far for me. It just hung you up. You couldn't I handle just it. Don't, I don't know why. Because it's weird. It's weird. I just, well, because she does all this other weird stuff throughout the book, like snooping through his things, and like, she snoops through his house and stuff, and. I can understand that, because, like, medicine cabinets, right? We've talked oh, about this before. Man. We love like, to snoop. fair game if you're going to use the bathroom at my house. I fully expect people to go through it. First off, can we talk about how in the bathroom in your house, yeah. there is a piece of artwork hanging above the toilet. Oh, my a- God. Every man that's peed in my bathroom is like, did you know you could see your nipple? <sighs> yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> it's my mom has showered in your bathroom. Uh-huh. And she has said, do you know that you can see the nipple? I'm aware. It's a huge discussion that we have. Yeah, it's, um, the prince is called Flaming June, and it's, like, this really beautiful woman sleeping, and she's wearing, like, a really sheer dress. Uh-huh. So you see the one nipple, and people don't notice it, and then once they do, it's, like, all they can talk to me about. That's all you can really see. Funny. It's hilarious. We love, we love us the nipple painting. It's so It's great. hilarious. Oh, my God, like, boob art. Oh, that's so fun. My thing if, with going through your stuff in your bathroom is going through what's in your shower. Oh, all my, like, weird beauty stuff. And I'm like, oh my god, does this work? Do you Here's like this? Here's this scrub. Here's this scrub. Here's this water. So, living with my mom, she lives on a well. We don't always have water, such yeah. as this morning. So, I have showered in Kat's shower a of few course. times. yeah. And it's always fun to go through her shower. Or just, like... There's some new stuff, because I'm like, ooh, TJ Maxx. It is so bad. She Yes. And when you go over there, she will tell you, use whatever you want. I got a new scrub. I've yeah. got a new face wash. Try I have this new for your soap. lips. Try this for your hair. Whatever. It's fantastic. Yeah. It's a good time. It's how I make decisions on how to buy things. If you want to buy something. <laughs> Did Kat it's a buy good it? time, Did though. she like it? Uh, so, a three out of five. Not bad. Yeah. And I, I seriously can't fault her for snooping, but I do feel... That the obsessive, competitive nature things got a little out of hand, and then the rolling the car, like, I understand people giving you something sentimental is, uh-huh. like, really precious and, like, nice. Yeah. And really sweet. I don't understand the need to roll something over my face. It was like a Hot Wheels car, right? So, yeah. like... <laughs> no point have I ever wanted to roll a Hot Wheels car across my face outside of being a child. I just... And, like, I understand the sentimentality of it. It was just a really strange response to getting a gift because like she accidentally stole it yeah and then he's like no don't worry about it keep it it's so weird it It was was weird she just had some weirdness that wasn't explained enough for me even though i understand the obsessive nature of things yeah and i think that's where i got stuck because right up till after the paintball thing i was fine i was in it we were doing great paintball sounds like a great time and then the drop off (laughs) Of her, like, fighting him constantly, even though he's trying to be, like, really honest with her, was just, like, really frustrating. Understandable. What Understandable. about you? Um, I give it a four. 
Okay, you I still feel like it holds strong. Yeah. Okay. You know, I, I do see the weirdness. I do see... Is it because I just pointed out the weirdness? No. Did you not, like... There were parts of it that okay. that I found, both in the first and second time that I read it, okay. that I found were a little off. Yeah. But not enough where it took away from the story. Okay. So, I think I just got stuck. Because we've read the neurodivergent, and we're fine. Mm-hmm. And we talk about it. Um, but we also knew going into it that that's what it was. And yeah. not that you need to always explain if your character is neurodivergent. No. It just seemed weirdly thrown in there when I thought it was quirky versus when I think it's an actual obsessive compulsive problem. Yeah. Yeah. And so it took it a step further. <laughs> yeah. And I can, I can understand that. And I did find the first couple times that I read it that yeah. there were things that kind of threw me off a little bit. Yeah. And those things do detract from my rating. So, a solid four for me. Okay. Solid four for me. Okay. Um. So, next time. We're going to hit them hard, I think. Ooh, we're going to hit them hard. We're doing some Christmas. Doing some. Some themed things. Some themed things. We're liking things. the themed things. We're going to do some Christmas stories. Yeah. Um, we have a couple that we're going to do. What do we want to do first? Do we want to do Eating Her Christmas Cookies by Alina Jacobs? Or do we want to do A Snowy Little Christmas, which is an anthology? I feel like let's get Snowy Little Christmas out of the way because I'm mad at it. It didn't make me laugh at all. (laughs) Okay, so then you heard it here. The next time you hear us, we are going to be discussing A Snowy Little Christmas, an anthology featuring Fern Michaels, Tara Sheets, and Kate Claiborne. Uh, So stay tuned for that. That's coming up right around the holidays. Yep. We're going to schedule it so it's taken care of. We've got big things going on for Christmas time, so it's going to be insane again. We're going to do it. And before we leave, we're going to leave you off with a little quote. And it's one that you've probably grown up and heard your entire life. And it is keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer. Perfect. Yeah, so we'll see you next time, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.